0: Hey, this is
1: Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, a podcast about how to make millionaires and money. Just how do you make money? How do you make it? How do you keep it? How do you invest it in an environment like we're in today, in a political environment? And how do you use your team and really lead your team? Today, I have an amazing special guest. So excited to have Tom Ziegler with us. His uh, father was one of the top motivators. I'm sure most of you around the world have heard of Zig Ziegler. This is his son, Tom, who has a enormous accolades. He speaks to companies all over the world, um, billion dollar companies. And uh, what I'm most excited about today is the research that he's done recently in his new book on the, uh, kind of the disruption of leadership. So Tom, welcome.
2: Hey, Laurel. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. I know we've uh, done things together all through the past and years and years, and I'm glad we're, we're in touch again. So thanks for having me on. It's an honor.
1: Oh I'm excited I'm so excited about what we're going to be uh, I'm going to say doing in the future I was uh, if, you know saying before the show and those of you that are out there again if you have any questions or would like to make a request you always go back to AskLaurel.com and ask a question make a request and we're on them every day and one of the biggest questions in that tom has been you know how do I hire and how do I lead so I want to jump right into the research uh, that you did yeah, uh, In this whole pandemic and what happened, you have enormous research. So I'm just going to let you go because that was fascinating to learn about.
2: You bet. So I had a book that was due to Thomas Nelson uh, and I started writing it and then the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. everything changed. So I basically spent 18 months researching everything that changed in business. The book title is called 10 uh, Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times but what it uncovered is the research is that the people's priorities have changed. Mm-hmm. They, they wanna, people want to work for a cause bigger than themselves. Uh, they want to know that their life matters. They, with so many people working from home or hybrid work, they discovered that quality of life is really important. Yeah. At the same time, the, in the professional category, productivity went up, performance went up, even though people weren't going to the office. And out of this, out of this, their priorities shifted. And so instead of work being number one and everything revolves around work, it started flipping to where everything revolves around the really important things in life, which is, which is my family, which is my health, which is my relationships. And people didn't realize uh, that significance until I call it, they got hit in the head with a two by four, Uh <laughs> The reality of uncertainty and the certainty of mortality is the phrase that I use. I love that. And people realize collectively that life is uncertain. So if I'm going to pour everything I've got into my work, I want it to be work that matters, that fills my soul. And I don't want it to keep me from my priorities, which is my mental health and well-being, my mindset, my physical health, my spiritual values, my family, my personal hobbies, right, my financial well-being. And so people have started to make their decisions differently. And there's been a couple of studies uh, that have come out recently that echo everything the book says. One of them I read yesterday, and this is kind of interesting. So if you're a business owner and you have, and you have employees... There's, they did a new study and there's a 7% tax on loyal employees.
1: What do you mean by that? I like that 7% tax.
2: So if you've, if you have a mix of loyal people who've been there for a couple of years and people who are new hires, you're paying your new hires more money on average, 7% more money for the same work than, than the people who stuck with you.
1: I would agree with that. I would agree with that.
2: So So, so, if any of
1: go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say it's not a big deal unless your loyal employees are top
1: performers.
2: (laughs) And if they are top performers, just pay them the same and you won't have to worry about them because they'll move on. So that's that's a big deal. 20% of the people, another study, 20% are probably gonna switch jobs this year.
1: Interesting. So, we talk about Tom. The, the, if you're a leader, right? Uh, and again, a lot of our, you know, my clients and those that are watching this podcast are leading other people, uh, hiring is a big deal. So, what would you tell them? I mean, clearly, Uh, more work-life balance, you know, I guess that's kind of the term, right, that that's used. What would be other things that you would have them speak about? Uh, Because clearly the money has gone up. I mean, money's been a huge part. I mean, just from minimum wage to, I mean, just in our company, I mean, we used to do 12. I mean, we're at 16 and 20s on those kind of jobs.
2: Yeah. So let me give you an anchor that every business owner needs to know. And that is, what is the cost to you as an owner of turnover? What does it cost to replace somebody on your team? Because until you really understand the cost, you don't get really, you know, focused on that. Yeah, so but- I, was, I was teaching a class and Gallup says that the replacement cost for an employee is between 50% and 200% of their salary. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. So that's what they say. So I say that in the class and there's a lady in the class and she had just sold her pest control business to a larger company. Now she's in charge of the development of all the people. (laughs) And I said in pest control, she's fantastic. I said in pest control, what do people make? And she said between 60 and 150,000 a year. I couldn't believe it. I mean, pest control.
1: Killing little bugs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know killing bugs pays, right? And so I said to her, knowing what you know, what do you think the replacement cost is? And she looked at me and she said, 60000 hmm. And I said, really? And, I, and she, this is what she said. So if you're an owner, listen to everything that came out. She said, well, when we lose somebody, we're, we're already at full capacity. So that means that we either have to pay overtime or turn down new business. Right. And so. And so now the labor market's so tight, we got to interview all these people and which costs money to bring them in. We interview them, we pick one, right? So now they're onboarding. We've got all that training and development to get them on board. Then we got to shadow them. And then it's three to six months before they're not costing us money, right? (laughs) And then it's another three to six months before they're really making hay. And she said, I think that's about 60,000 when you add it all up. So Laurel, I just go back to teach them yeah. And she stops me and she says, But Tom, that's not the story. The story is in 2021, we had 100 employees. In 2022, we started the year with 100 employees. Only 37 were the same. Wow. So I did the math 30, I see yeah. 63 times 60,000. Yeah. Could you use that kind of money? Yeah. Million. I mean, that's and so let's just say you really lower it, and you say, well, it's only ten thousand dollars a person to replace. That's six hundred thirty thousand for that company. Yeah, that's a major hit. So, JobSage came out with the report last month, Mm -hmm. and this is where we can key in and learn. They did a survey of over over two thousand people, and in that survey. 28% 28% of those people quit their job in the last two years because of mental health reasons. Mm, wow. One in four people quit their job for mental health reasons. Then they asked them the next level, which is, okay, so you quit your job for mental health reasons. What were the, the leading uh, I'm indicators? I was just going
1: to ask you that. I wrote that down. I just what So dig into that. That's amazing.
2: So if you're an owner, you need to write these three down, and then you write the antidote down. So the three things, 55% quit because of burnout and stress.
1: Yep,
2: I agree with that. 38% quit because of depression. 37% quit because of lack of motivation. Hmm. So at Ziggler, as you know, we don't focus on the negative. We identify the problem, and then we get solution-focused. Yep. So here are the solutions and I'll show you what it means to you as you lead your people. What's the solution to stress and burnout? It's quality of life.
1: Yeah.
2: It's balanced life. So think about stress and burnout. You've got great people, the most loyal stay they they're invested in what you do and some people leave. And now fewer people are doing all the work. They're working remote. And so now they're answering text messages at five 30 in the morning and 10 30 at night. They have no, you know, when does work end? when does life begin, right? They don't have that. And if their leadership is not recognizing that, they can pretty soon get overwhelmed. And there's no end to this. The intensity and frequency of disruption keeps going up, right? And so they end up making a a rash decision. And that is, is they're burned out. So they run away from where they are to go and find something that is less taxing. So what's the antidote? The antidote's quality of life. And so, as a leader, I need to be very aware. I need to have personal relationships with everybody on my team. And I need to know hey, mentally, how are they doing? How's their mindset? Are they optimistic and hope filled? Spiritually, do they have peace of mind? I mean, are they building relationships on principles and values? Do they sleep good at night? Physically, are they getting enough exercise enough sleep are they taking care of themselves family do they have a solid place where they can go do they have great relationships at home and something that you know motivates them to do better on the job and then financially and this is a big one i mean yeah. do, do they have a budget do they have a plan are they investing do they know that there's hope tomorrow regardless of what's going on in the you know in the market right i mean there's all these things and then personally are they creating energy and self-care so here's the thing imagine that somebody on your team has a great outlook they're in great physical shape spiritually they're rock solid their family's with them all the time financially they got a plan they got some security and they're taking care of themselves uh, personally are they going to burn out no they're not Right. It just won't happen. Now they might leave for other reasons, but it's not because of burnout. Yeah. The the second piece in there was 38% said they left because of depression. A good friend of mine, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who's just uh, incredible. He had this one quote. He said this, he said, the opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose. So a speak
1: to, yeah, speak to how that, how well, and I would say that the depression, I mean, how much of that, Tom, was part of the pandemic and people losing family and friends, right? And even now, like last night, one of my, you know, best colleagues and friends, best friend killed himself. I mean, he's in his 30s, you know, young 40s. Wow.
2: Um,
1: there's a lot of that going on. For, so, how much is pandemic related that they're just depressed, or I'm going to use a bigger word, say PTSD because this has been so shocking and they don't know how to deal with the grief and loss versus the workplace. I mean, how do you start dividing that as a coach leader and a leader of an organization?
2: Yeah. So when you think about this, uh, we are, we're, we're, we're experiencing as a country and really as a world, uh, you know, collective PTSD and it's, (laughs) (laughs) it's, because we've all lost somebody we loved or our business has been turned upside down or, or you know, life is just not the same. We, we feel anxiety and, and, and concern when we just go out and do what normal human beings are supposed to do. And so the way a coach leader addresses this is two things. The first is you've got to communicate the higher calling, the problem that you solve, the reason that you're in business, And what that means to everybody on your team constantly, you've got to say it seven times before they hear it once. And so if you communicate the problem that you solve, and then you say, Hey, when we solve that problem, (laughs) families create memories and, and, you know, businesses are allowed to continue. And we're able to take care of our own team here. And so you say that constantly. And then you wrap right around and you have the one-on-one conversation with each person on your team. And you say, what, why do you work here? Do, I mean, do you want to make, do you want to make more money, the same money or less money this year than you did last year? Hopefully they'll tell you the truth and they want to make more money. And then you ask them, why do you want to make more money? And then you ask them why and why I, Laurel, I was working with a, I agree. a VP. I was working with the VP of sales and we were doing uh, a sales training for him. And I said, if this goes well, what's the result? And he said, oh, we'll all hit our revenue goals. And I said, why is that important? And he said, well, we'll I'll make more money. And I said, okay, that's fantastic. You know, why is that important? And he says, well, then we'll have the chance to do it again next year. (laughs) And I said, well, if you do it again next year, what happens? He goes, we will all make more money. And I said, well, why is that important? He said, well, I'll pay off my debt. And I said, why is that important? He said, well, I'm going to buy a lake house, build a lake house. And I said, why is that important? And then his whole demeanor changed. And he said, because my grandkids will come and play at the lake house with me. Interesting. And so as a coach leader, and that's my term for somebody who, who really understands how to lead their people through coaching. As a, as, a, as a way to bridge that, as a coach leader, when we know that the higher purpose or why or calling is is the, to play with the grandkids, then we can align that because the, the more people we solve problems for, the better you do in your job, the faster you get your dream and that's alignment. And so I come to work every day for my grandkids in that person's example, not because I've got to pay the rent, right? Two different motivators. And the, the third one in that survey was lack of motivation. And this is a big one. Yep.
1: Well, I, I, but before you answer that, Tom, I just want to add in, I mean, one of the things that you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what, what's the difference between those people who have survived and became millionaires and not just this round, 2008, nine, 10. I mean, we've been, you know, you and I've been in this journey together, you know, on the planet, you know, motivating and helping people for years. And I've always used this term, it's a mission beyond yourself. When you have a mission beyond yourself, you stay driven because it's like your base needs are handled. So when someone is lacking motivation, and I'm gonna say, and collectively have that depression, what do you do as a coach leader to help them find a way?
2: Yep. You get them, a, you, you connect their purpose and their personal life. What if they don't to... have one?
1: What if they say, I don't have one? I, I, I'm asking you because we have clients over and over and over who aren't getting their millionaire goal. They're not getting their hundred thousand air goal because of that. And it's like, I don't know. So when the person consistently says, I'm a, I, I really want you to drill on this one because I think it's so, I'd actually put this as the highest problem of a lot of people and why the workforce you said it's tight. I'd say everybody's hiring. So we'll come back to that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> everybody's hiring. Uh, yeah. And, and so what you've got to do, and, and this is what I, when we work with coach leaders, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to understand that some people are so beat down. They're, they're so out of gas. They've experienced in their heads defeat so many times. They're afraid to dream.
1: Yeah, I would
2: agree. They're afraid to dream. Mm -hmm. And so they might, so you might back down a little bit and say, well, what do you really want? So instead of saying, what's your purpose, what do you really want? And then they might tell you, I don't want anything, right? It's like, they're so closed off. Well, what do you enjoy doing? I mean, do you like to go on trips? Do you like a new car? Do you, oh, you know, I've always wanted to go on a trip. Where do you want to go? Oh, you know, I've always wanted, well, let's send you there. Let's figure out how to get you there. And so as the coach leader, you kind of build a bridge to their purpose by showing them they have agency. They've got, they, they can choose, right? They have power and control. They can make decisions that move them forward in the direction they want to go. And as they see that you're on their side then they'll start to open up and they'll say you know I was telling you the truth when I really didn't know what my purpose is but I know I have one how do I find it and you say what's what's on your heart like if you could do anything in the world and money was no object what would that look like and you just dream with them and they're going to set small they're not going to set the giant dream right because they're not ready yet but let them let them tell you about one that is perfect for them right now. And you just say, let me help you. Let me help you get that. Because here's the reality. Every dream takes time and money. And the better they do in their job, the faster they get their dream. And so the way you help them get their dream or whatever it is they want is you help them grow as a human being so that they're more capable tomorrow than they are today. And that's the third key in that lack of motivation. The solution is goals and growth.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great.
2: Growing people don't leave where they're growing. Mm, mm, That's great. And so here's the thing. So as a coach leader, I say, okay, so you want to make some more money this year. Fantastic. I want to pay you more money. My job is to pay you more money in order to do that your contribution of what you contribute to the team has to result in growth and profitability for the company. And when that happens, I'm going to pay you more money. Does that sound fair? Well, people are fair-hearted and fair-minded. They, 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 they believe that if I do more and that rewards the organization, I should get more, right? And as an owner, that's exact, I want to I want to have 10 people on the team making more money than I do. Because then I don't have to worry. (laughs) I'm I'm set, right? I'm set. So so then we help them grow. And so we just say, so what attitude could you develop in yourself that would make you more effective? What skill can you learn that would allow you to be more effective? And we co-create a plan with them personally and professionally. And so this is how it all rolls back. If I'm working with somebody one-on-one on my team and I start to understand that their quality of life is essential to success, that, that keeps them from getting burned out. And then I show them the higher calling and purpose of the business. And I show them that I want to help them reach their dreams and goals yeah. and higher calling. And the way we're going to do that is by setting some goals and I'm going to be invested in helping them grow. Well, then we've just counteracted the three reasons why people are quitting from a mental health perspective. And guess what? You got better people on your team.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And great
1: advice. Great but, advice. Yeah. But even,
2: even better than that is the, is the coach leader, you can sleep good at night because they're going to have better relationships with their family. They're going to spend more times with their kid. Their health is going to improve. They're going to have peace of mind, right? They're just going to have this overall, what I do matters. And we all like to matter.
1: Um, go back to earlier. You said the labor force is tight, right? So that, in the face of everyone's hiring, what's the answer for that? I mean, is it, is it, is it your hiring techniques? Like I see Starbucks giving you know a free coffee and a fifteen or twenty dollar gift certificate just to come in an interview. I mean, the amount of I call it ethical bribes that people are getting just to get an interview you know what I mean come in for a coffee please because I just need some help you know and and we've been living through that we've had ads in the paper I mean we're finally I mean I think at capacity like we finally have kind of finished our hiring but it's been a journey of just finding that person who wants to come back to the workforce what do you tell the organizations because you you know like I know you can drive down every road and there's a we're hiring we're hiring we're hiring so, that in the face of this, it's a little bit different, but it is that coach leader owner's job to figure this out.
2: Yeah, I think the first message that we send is that our business, we thrive on disruption. We thrive on it, we love it. Disruption creates more opportunity for us. And the story I like to tell is Tom Watson. Tom Watson is a <laughs> professional golfer he won eight eight majors five of the majors that he won were british opens so they were interviewing him and this is when he was in his prime and they said tom how did you win five british opens and he said bad weather and they said what do you mean by that and he said well when i'm playing well there's a field of 150 golfers and when I'm playing well, I only have to beat 20 of them because I'm an elite golfer. He said, but when the weather gets bad, I only have to beat five of them. And the British Open is notorious for bad weather. I mean, the temperature changes 50 degrees in a day. It rains, it hails, it, it's, the wind is going crazy. And so they asked him, how do you prepare for the British Open? He says, I pray for rain. I love it. I love so, whatever business whatever business you're in, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can own a restaurant, you could have a print shop, you could have a consulting firm. If your mindset is, "Oh no, the disruption is here. We can't hire anybody. We're losing clients because they can't hire anybody." Well, when you interview somebody, what are they going to see? <laughs> They're going to see a company, a leadership that's not sure what's happening. On the other hand, if they walk in and they, and you start to interview and they ask you the question, well, why should I consider you? Then you just say, because of disruption. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? We thrive in it. The more challenges there are in the market, the better we do because we are solution focused. We love to solve problems. And we, we're not a stagnant organization. We invest in the growth of our people because it's really not what you know. It's how much you're going to learn over the next couple of years that's going to position you for the future. And so we're looking for people who are dedicated to growth and learning, aren't afraid to make a few mistakes, and who see disruption and challenge as their strategic advantage. So our question isn't, should you work here? Our question is, is that the type of person you are? That's great. Right. And when they say, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a light in the darkness. They're looking for leadership who says, so what if it's raining? (laughs) Somebody's going to win. This just makes it easier for us. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you put your book out in the pandemic. I put mine out just, you know just, you know, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, you know, my people said, you should wait till the market gets better before you, you know, and then I wrapped it with an NFT. You talk about disruption. I mean, it's fun. It was yeah. fun, it was fun. Tom, I wanna to go to one thing and, I, and we're gonna to have to like do a version too, um, but talk to those people who are really traditional. Um, the difference between coach leader, which I love your title of the way you phrase, you know, what I'm called, forward thinking leadership. To the old traditional models because there are the people that are still in those old models and you know reaching back to a lot of theory and it's not going to work. And as you answer that, bring in the millennials. I think they take a lot of heat. And I can tell you, I've got a little, I've got a lot of them working for me, and I have a lot of clients. And I there's some of the theme, but I don't see the theme that's negative about their work ethic. So, how does a traditional and coach leader vary? And how do you apply that in to the millennial world that I think takes a lot of heat?
2: Yeah, so let me just—I'll use some uh, uh, some cartoon figures. Okay, (laughs) Uh, so I compare a coach leader, which is someone who focuses by asking questions. They co-create instead of delegate. Right? They they engage. Their number one priority is engagement, Mm -hmm. and they they want growth right? They, they want to see somebody grow because times are changing so fast. If my people aren't growing, (laughs) we're done. Right. It used to take 10 years for a cycle. Now it's like what a year, two years in Mm -hmm. in a cycle, the traditional top down, do it because I said, so command and control leader, which I term a (laughs) T-Rex they're on the way out. Right. They tell t Rexes tell people what to do. Um, Try doing that on a camera, leading a hybrid team or a remote team. You can't, you got to ask people what to do. And, and T Rexes, when you think of a T Rex, think of uh, short arms and sharp teeth. Okay. So the sharp teeth is they lead out of fear, right? They control, do it this way. They're very results oriented. What results have you gotten me? What results have you gotten me? What results have you gotten me? And that only works for a short time. Because if people aren't growing, then the market changes, the systems change, competition changes. If they're not growing, then you're sunk. Mm-hmm. So, and then they've got short arms, right? So the short arm, or so the, the sharp teeth, are, they motivate with fear and intimidation and, and position. And the short arms is all about control. They want to know everything, and so there's no scalability with a T Rex, right? Because <laughs> they, they got to do it. So I was given this illustration in a, in a group of people, uh, leadership group, and I said, "And millennials, oh my gosh, everybody says that millennials are entitled, and millennials are hard to lead." I want to tell you something: millennials just expect more out of leaders because they've been they've been shown how it's done wrong, right? many of them watch their parents both work and end up unhappy with nothing to show for it. And they're like, is that all there is to life? (laughs) And so they're very discerning. They're, they're very social media savvy. So to somebody like me, uh, 57, I didn't grow up looking at thousands of inputs and being able to tell when somebody has a mask on and when somebody's being authentic millennials read that instantly. And so the problem isn't millennials. The problem is leadership. And so I I share this story in this group. And this young guy comes up, not even 30. He goes, hey, I really appreciate what you said about millennials, myself and everybody on my team. That's that's who we are. And you're Right. right on. So he walks off and then somebody else comes up to me and says, hey, do you know who that was? And I go, no. And, and they go, yeah, he, he just sold an app for eight figures.
1: <laughs> Love it.
2: So, and once again, the biggest challenge with traditional old style leaders is bias. There's so much bias. Oh, well, you can't collaborate and co-create and create atmosphere and culture on a camera. It's got to be face to face everybody's going to answer yes to this question. Do you know anybody who had a long distance relationship who fell in love on the phone? Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So is it different? Is it require different skills? Is it maybe a little harder? Yeah. But can it be learned and can you do it? Yes. And if you're going to, you know, let's, let's forget the next five years. If you're in that stage where not only do you want to build something for the next 20 years and leave it as a legacy piece, guess what? The whole world's got to figure out how to lead via camera, how to coach people on a camera. Yep. And why not be there first? First yep. in the markets, the one who makes the, who wins the most.
1: Well, and don't you find too, I mean, it's just last question. Maybe we'll just do a whole podcast on kind of this younger generation. Cause what, you know, the thing I've discovered a lot in writing the make your kids millionaires book, which is really the toolkit for parents is there's just so much of that, that I believe starts at home in parenting, right? It's almost kind of shifted my energy to just like you said, like setting goals, parents, if they don't know their own goals and values, how do they instill those in children? If they can't lead with, these are my top values, these are my top goals, this is how, you know, my principles, my spiritual, uh, you know, values and, and character set. So I think there's a lot that happens at home. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but I do think you are, I, you are dead on about the millennials watching what didn't happen. They don't want to repeat. So they're, like you said, they're looking for something new and something different. And uh, until traditional leaders, old style people change it, uh, I don't think they're going to find it. It's going to be a rough collab. It's going to be a clash for quite a while until that all aligns. If yep. it ever aligns. Yeah.
2: And you know, when i look at the the tight labor market and all you know and how hard it is to hire people yeah. let's be honest there was a lot of people in their late 50s to early 60s who were planning on retiring in five or six seven years and they had a 401k jackpot until recently yeah. right <laughs> right so they opted out. They said, you know what? I don't want to deal with the stress. I'm, I'm going to retire early because my portfolio looks good enough. And so what did that do? It created battlefield promotions all over the country where, in a, where a top leader with all that legacy knowledge leaves because of bias, because they're tired and they don't want to figure out how to lead differently. They want everybody to adapt to them. So now you've got all these kind of medium, you know, you know, not quite fully cooked leaders who are moving in. And the only way they know how to lead is the way they were led. And so they don't have the legacy experience and the credibility and they don't have the leadership skills. And so they're really frustrated. Well, this happened all the way up the chain. And I think I read an article on Etsy that a couple million new businesses were started primarily by women. Yep it's totally true. They left the workforce and discovered that they could have quality of life and make the same or better money and get to decide their flexible schedule whenever they wanted to. Yeah. This is awesome, but it's created this dynamic where if you're trying to hire somebody, they're hard to find and it's at every level. So everybody kind of moved up to their, uh, Level of incompetence, I guess, is the yeah. word that, that, <laughs> that we say in the past. But if you look at it as, hey, I lead with growth, I lead with purpose, I lead by motivating people, I lead by saying, hey, you know what, when you have a purpose, guess what, if you're on the road to purpose, you know what the byproduct is? It's happiness.
1: Yeah. Tom, I want to thank you for joining Laurel's Real Money Talks, uh, brilliant conversation today. Uh, in the show notes uh, will be the link to how to get Tom's book and again, give him the title um, so uh, they can uh, watch for it. And uh, we'll be doing a version two. This is a, yep. I think it's a critical conversation in the time when companies are deciding how they're going to take this next chapter. And as we walk through, you know, the aftermath of the pandemic.
2: The book title is Ten Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. And if you go to Ziegler.com, I'll autograph it for you. other, 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 other places, you know, you can go get it too. it's everywhere, but that's yeah. the bonus.
1: Awesome. And uh, we'll be hearing more from Tom Ziegler. Those of you who bought the NFTs, uh, we've been talking to him about coming and joining us at the Gen W conference this fall. So I would love a longer stage conversation and just a more intimate conversation with you. So thank you so much. Those of you again that are enjoying the podcast, share it with others. And if you have questions or need to make just a request about what your needs are, uh, go to askloral.com and uh, there's a whole opt in screen. Our team answers it every day to make sure you have a next step. So, take care and we'll see you on the next episode. So, this is Laurel, and you've been listening to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this, I have a couple of things you can do that are completely up to you. Number one, take my quiz. Go to integratedwealthsystems.com and take the quiz. You will find that there's one of four personalities, financial personalities, we call them, that you're going to fall into. So, as you take the quiz, it'll actually go through and identify are you you know, uh, in stagnant cash flow, right? Are you overpaying taxes? Do you have debt issues? You know, are you a lifestyle junkie? Where are you? And then from there, it goes to a video that actually gives you some solutions on how to correct that problem. So again, go to integratedwellsystems.com, take my quiz, and we'll go from there.
0: Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com/podcast for past episodes, show notes and resources. For some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners. Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.